Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. I want to continue with our sermon series called Unlocking Heaven. Now, if you've not listened to either one of the, the previous ones, I want to invite you, please, please go back and, and go and listen to it, of how can we as church, as, as members, as, as, as sons and daughters of God, unlock heaven in our lives? How can you unlock heaven to come to earth, to change situations, challenges in your life? I mean, it's a good question. I would love that every day. I want to unlock heaven every day of my life. And so I started out a couple of weeks ago, um, Three weeks ago, we finished our, first, our last sermon series about foundations, about prayer. And I connected that prayer sermon to our first sermon of calling Unlocking Heaven. And I spoke about prayers that unlock heaven. How can I pray in my prayers that unlock heaven? How Jesus taught his disciples to pray through a prayer that he gave them that says, this is how you should pray. And we've connected and hooked onto that prayer that Jesus has prayed. And, 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 and I've spoken about principles out of that now last week was father's day and i just reminded myself i remembered that man i forgot the father's day's gifts that was left so <laughs> next week i'll remember there was there's some brilliant gifts that i that we made for all the fathers all the daddies and um i mean i wanted to give to all of you who haven't been to our service last week but it's still at home i'll remember it next week so if you're here then you'll get your your hand deditizer okay <laughs> So um, it's a sanitizer. <laughs> Thank you, Sumi. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny as well. So anyway, there's some gifts for you for next week if you're here. I um, would love to give you some, some uh, Father's Day gifts. Now, the day I want to continue, last week I spoke about on Father's Day called Who's Your Daddy? Who's Your Daddy? And I spoke about it now, now with uh, the offering. And I said the basis of, our, of, our, of us unlocking heaven is all... Co- um, um, connected to us realizing that we are in relationship with a great father, with a great daddy. And if we pray from that place of our father, things change. Things unlock in our lives. Now I want to continue with that topic today. And it's not going to be a too long sermon because I want to bring down a, a very strong point today, but it's something close to my heart as well. And you've probably heard this before, but I want to anyway speak about it again. Now, now, I want to continue with this topic, and there's one important and very important aspect that is connected to our topic for this week, a very important question, uh, uh, topic, and it is this. It's our relationship with the Father is a partnership. It is a partnership. I know, yes, we know He's our daddy. He's a, it's our, I mean, we know He's our daddy. He's our Father, but it is also a partnership. And my topic for my, the, the topic of my sermon the, today is partnering for breakthrough. How many of you have trusted God for breakthrough in your life? Are still trusting God today for breakthrough, tomorrow for breakthrough, every month for breakthrough, every year for breakthrough? We trust God for breakthrough in our lives, not even spiritual, physical, health-wise, financial. I mean, we trust God for breakthrough. How many prayers goes up every day? worldwide said please lord i need breakthrough and i know i'm speaking to a lot of people here today no matter who you speak to people are trusting god for breakthrough now let's first say this that breakthrough comes through partnership it does 
Now let's define partnership quickly. It's not up there, but it says the following. It's very easy. It is where two or more people are grouped together with a joint purpose. So I'm grouped together with one purpose. That means I'm in partnership with you. When we run a business, we've got the same purpose, we've got the same goals, we've got the same values. We are joined together with one purpose. I love the story that I read a, a couple of weeks ago of where the ice cream cone came from. Did you know that? I've never knew that. Now, I read the story. I'm just going to read it like that. Um, it's just going to be easier than when I'm just telling it. It says the following. It says the story goes like this. During the summer of 1904, that's a long time ago, an unlikely partnership was formed at the World's Fair in St. Louis. The summer was unusually hot and people were searching the fair for something to help them cool off. Now, a vendor named Arnold, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold had just what they were looking for, ice cream. He had ice cream. People lined up for what seems like miles to get to this cool and satisfying ice cream, but there was only one problem. Arnold was not prepared for this demand and ran out of paper bowls to scoop the ice cream in. Now, next to Arnold's ice cream booth was a man named Ernest, and he was a pastry chef, and he was making Persian wafer desserts. It sounds great. Now, Ernest was also had a problem. His pastries was not selling. <laughs> But he noticed that a pro the problem that Arnold was having and took some warm pastry and rolled it into a cone shape. And then he went over to Arnold and said, hey, maybe we can help each other. And on that day during the World's Fair in St. Louis, the wafer ice cream cone was birthed because a partnership was formed. Isn't that amazing? One guy saw something that the other guy needed. He needed something and they formed a partnership with one purpose. One purpose. See, how many of us know that how important partnership is in life? See, how important is partnership for you? But the ultimate question that we need to get in our hearts this morning is, how important is partnership for God? See, it's something we need to pause and think about. You see, not, not any of us, if any of us were in a situation like Arnold, massive line, ice cream, ooh, I don't have enough bowls. How many of us come to places and situations and challenges in your life that feel like, I've got a challenge? But how many of us in that moment doubt if we would make it or not? Am I, am I speaking to some of you? If I had a place and I've got a row like this, no, not enough bowls, I would doubt if I'm going to make this. How many of us get, get to the halfway of the month and you realize I don't have enough money Till the end of the month, how many of you start doubting how I'm going to feed myself or live or do petrol in my car? <laughs> we all have been there. You see, doubt is the first thing that scrapes in when you face a challenge in your life. But so many Christians believe that Jesus is disappointed in us when we doubt. Am I speaking to someone? When I doubt, it's like, ah, oh, dear Lord, I think you... I mean, it's happened to me too when I was younger. I felt so disappointed in myself because I felt that I disappointed God because I doubted so much in His goodness. And when He came through, I was like, oh, man, why didn't I just believe? Why didn't I just have faith that God would come through for me? 
Now in John 20, and it's not up there, I'm just going to speak about it, we read about the guy called Thomas, Thomas the disciple. How many of you are watching The Chosen? And you see these characters that, that, that they depict, which is not, I mean, it's biblical, but it's just a story. It's, uh, but how they depict Thomas, it's quite amazing. And how he's such a, I mean, he packs everything in boxes, he makes the food, he's very meticulous, and it's not Matthew, though, on the other hand, but, but Thomas was, was a guy who doubted very quickly. You remember the last episode, if you've seen this episode this week, there was no food, and he doubted so deep in his heart, and he went to Jesus with this distraught thing in his heart, and there's no food. And <laughs> but the same thing happened when Jesus was crucified, and the disciples were hiding in a room, and Thomas was not there, and Jesus met with them. And when Thomas came back, and the disciples were like, Thomas, you won't believe it. Jesus was just here. And he says, I doubt that. I doubt that. He wasn't here. It's impossible. If he doesn't stand before me and I can put my finger in that holes, I would not believe it. John 20. And then a couple of days after that, the disciples were in the room. They locked themselves up. Why? Because they were scared the Sanhedrin would find them and kill them as well. They were locked in his room and Jesus stepped into the room and he embraced Thomas with the truth but not just with the truth with love now see Jesus does not get angry when we are when we doubt he just shows up <laughs> he is not disappointed in us when we doubt he just shows up in our lives he just shows up he didn't come to Thomas like Thomas I'm so disappointed in you how could you doubt in me he just shows up and he just embraced Thomas and said, look at this. Put your finger in here. Isn't that amazing? I love you so much. You see, he just shows up in our circumstances. See, his presence in our circumstances changed everything. That's why we need his presence on a daily basis. Let me give you another example of partnership. If two men start a car wash and they go into partnership together, but the one of them do all the marketing, he gets all the business, he washes all the cars, he dries all the cars, he does everything, and the other guy just holds the hose. Do you think that's a good partnership? Not really. <laughs> Not really. You see, a healthy partnership requires for both parties to contribute, but also share revenue equally. They need to contribute equally, they need to share equally, there's equal sharing. And see, this is an earthly picture of an invitation that we've been given to share in heavenly rewards. But if we desire to share in the spoils of the kingdom, or the spoils that produce by releasing the kingdom, we must be prepared to do more than just holding the hose. You see, sometimes you hold the hose and you point out, oh, you missed the spot. Just, like, just go there. Just, just go again. You know, I remember my grandmother, she always invited me to come and wash her car. She's been, she passed away a long time ago, but she was very meticulous. And I thought, if my dad said, listen, go and help Grandma wash your car, I thought, oh, Lord, I need some grace here. So I went there. I hope maybe I'll get it 20 bucks or 10, you know, something. But you know, my grandma was standing there with those, literally. It's like, you haven't done it. And then later on, she ends up washing the whole car, and I'm just watching. You know? <laughs> I was like, this doesn't even help me. But see, if we desire to get the spoils of the kingdom or what being released by the kingdom, we need to be prepared to, to, <laughs> to do more than just hold the hose and point out where God missed it in our lives. 
You see, just holding the hose and complaining that God did not come through is not a fulfilling partnership. God has called us into partnership with Him, and that requires significant involvement on our part. It does. See, now, now what I'm not saying now at this moment, I need to stop you here if you're thinking that. What I'm not saying is that we need to work for our salvation. I'm not saying that. But what I do say is to release the kingdom of God on earth requires a partnership. In other words, we have to do our part in unlocking heaven if we expect God to do his part to providing the power of releasing the kingdom. So I do my part, he does his part. God wants to be in partnership with us. How many of you want 100% success rate in praying for the sick? <laughs> Come on. So many of you sitting here have 100% success rate in praying for the sick. Because when you pray, nobody gets healed. That's also 100% success rate. I remember I had 100%. I prayed for everyone, nobody gets healed. That's also 100% success rate. So oh my goodness. But see, so many people believe that they're not gifted enough or don't have enough faith to pray for healing. Now, I'm just using healing as an example this morning. And what I do, I remember, I remember when I was younger, I was still in church, somebody come in, in cell group or wherever, and it's like, oh, I'm sick, okay, let's pray for you. Let me just find someone who's gifted in healing. Let me just, we'll pray for you now. I'll just, where's the pastor? But that's, come on. I've been in church a long time, and every time people will bring people to me, it's like, listen, this guy is a serious, we need to pray for him for healing, right? You need to pray for him. I say, okay, you can just come and stand here, right? You put your hands on him, okay, pray. I'll stand here with you. <laughs> but that's how we think. That's our mindset of the kingdom, that we think we are not gifted enough, and because we are not gifted enough, we can't pray for, 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 the, for the heaven to be unlocked. And then we look for gifted people in our lives to help us release that. See, that's the reason why people don't have a 100% success rate in praying for everyone and nobody gets healed. Because we believe we don't, we're not gifted. Now in Matthew 10, Jesus gave his disciples another key to unlock the kingdom. And we all know this. Verse 8, it says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure, with, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Now, this is a common, uh, sorry, this is a command given by Jesus. Now, this is what happened. Jesus got his 12 disciples together and later the 72, and he commanded, he com commissioned them out and said, Go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Give freely because you have been receiving freely. That, that was it. That was a command that Jesus gave, not just to his disciples, but to every believer on the face of this earth. That's a command to us. Now just pause and think. Jesus comes to his disciples. It wasn't far into his ministry. He called them together and said, Okay, go, heal the sick, raise the, leper, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. I've given you, go give. I think they, while they're going two by two, they thought, oh my goodness, how are we going to do this? I mean, this is Jesus. How am I going to do this? I mean, doubt was, they were in serious doubt. I, I, I truly believe it. How can we do this? Jesus, this is only you doing this. 
But then something in their thinking shifted when they saw that first miracle. When they prayed that first prayer, when they did that first thing, they came back and they couldn't stop speaking about how amazing it was. That last verse says, give as freely as you have received. See, God gave freely, so they gave freely what he gave them. We have received freely. We just need to give freely what we have received. That's partnership. And some partnerships, uh, engineer comes together and a, Q, well, a, a quantity surveyor comes together. The one have different skills than the others, but do, through their partnership, the one can give to the other what the other doesn't have. But as I receive, I can give. Doesn't make sense. Now, Jesus' final commission after this, they went through, they saw the miracles, and he came to his final commission just before he went to heaven. He said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous or get injected by something that you think is poisonous, it will not hurt them. I read this and it changed my mind about vaccinations and all those things. So it comes down to that. To say that the last sentence, and I love that, it says, they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. You see, when Jesus said, this is the final commission that Jesus gave the disciples, it says, when you put your hands on the sick, they will cover. Snakes will not harm you. Nothing you drink poisonous or take poisonous or what you think is poisonous will hurt you. I commission you that says that you are able to place your hands on the sick and they will be healed. See, Jesus basically declares here that every believer is called to operate in the gift of healing, in a gift of releasing heaven or releasing the kingdom. You see, God has, has called each of us to partner with Him in releasing the kingdom to those around us. Whatever the sphere of influence that you are in, you need to. We need to release that. We need to trust God. See, not only are we to partner in healing, but also in the releasing of the resources of the kingdom. We need to partner with Him. There need to be a step out. Maybe it's no matter if you're releasing healing or the prophetic or revelation or serving others, or maybe you want to give wisdom into a situation or comfort. Every aspect of the kingdom God has called us to release in our lives. Every aspect. See, God is inviting us to step into partnership with Him, not just a hopeful request. Not just, it's not just a hopeful request. It is a command. It is a longing to partner with us. It is the responsibility of every believer to partner and to release the kingdom around them. It's, it's, I think it's God's heart. See, as Christians, it is up to us to unlock heaven in order to provide the kingdom breakthrough for those in need of God's intervention. Have you ever met people around you or neighbors that really need God's intervention in their lives? They need that. You are the key. Why? Because you are in partnership with God. We 
are in partnership with God. And when I step into that situation, maybe it's just a hug, a good word, a comforting meal, wisdom in a situation. It is releasing kingdom into their lives and God is intervening. Isn't that amazing? You see, last few weeks, we've been speaking about prayer. And specifically the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 6. Remember the prayer? This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But in verse 10, I want to look at this today. In verse 10, it says the following. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, what do I want to look at today? See, unfortunately, now this translation is out of the NIV and the New King James Version. Now, a lot of translations says the following, and I forgot to put the slide on there, but it says the following. It says, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. The, the NLT, the New Living Translation, actually translated it like that. May your kingdom come and may your will be done. And I read that and I realized, but wait, if you do it like that, it changes a command into a hopeful prayer. It changes a declaration into, I hope it will happen. Jesus intended this thing, this prayer, to be a declaration. See, if I come to you and say, Oh, Father, please, 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 may this person, please just may they be healed today. No, no, Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say pray for the sick. He said heal the sick. He didn't say, Lord, may this happen. If you are happy with it, I am happy. No, no. He didn't say may your kingdom come. He said let your kingdom come now. Your kingdom come now. There was a declarative declaration in that prayer. See, the problem with praying from that perspective, if you say, may your kingdom come, is that you nullify your role in a partnership for breakthrough. And, and what do you do? You're placing all on God. That's the safe place. I'm just placing this all on you, Father. If it comes, oh, maybe it's just not your will today. <laughs> if it is your will, Father... May this come to pass today. That's how I was taught to pray. Father, if this is your will, please, please heal this person. Please provide, Father. No, no, Jesus said, I want you to declare this because you are in partnership with me. And when you're in partnership with me, that means that you have the same authority as me. And when you declare things in the Spirit, it needs to be so. So God says, Jesus said, I want you to declare this prayer. This is a declaration, not just a hopeful, I hope it might just happen today. <laughs> God, if you want me to, may it be so. Lord, it's only your responsibility. It's only, it's on you, Father. No. See, that's, that's why God gets the bad rap when things don't work out. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, God just maybe just didn't, didn't want to give that to me today. Or maybe it wasn't God's will today. And maybe it's true that it wasn't His will or not His will, but I believe that God is, when it comes to healing and certain things, it's always His will. It is always, always, always. You see, when that happens, we end up relying on God to do what He's relying on us to do. When you pray that prayer and say, may this happen, Lord, please, uh, if it's your will. No, no, you, you're relying on God to do what He wants you to do. 
He's given us the authority and the power to declare, don't leave it to Him, because there is partnership in this relationship. Now furthermore, the word come there, your kingdom come, come as a verb in the Greek. If you go and look at in the Greek, Greek, the, the word come is a verb. That means it's an action word. That means that Jesus taught the disciples to declare the kingdom. You have to catch that today. We have to, by releasing the kingdom, it's an action word. We declare the kingdom. You say, your kingdom come now. Your life will be here now. There is a declaration in your prayer rather than a hopeful, Lord, I just hope maybe, maybe today, Father. No, no, no. No, Lord, I declare this now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there is life and death in the power of the tongue. There is power in my words, and whatever I speak, it will move, and it will be so. So this declaration needs to come from the authority that we carry as sons and daughters of God. Remember the first sermon? That we are sons and daughters of a living God. And when we step out and we act in faith, the storms calm down. The waters flatten. You walk on the water. You see, when Peter got out of that boat, what was the one thing that tried to kill the disciples in that boat? The water. See, if they would fall off the boat, they will drown because of the water. So the water was the thing that trying to kill the disciples. What was Peter walking on? On the water. <laughs> Come on. Jesus literally were walking on the issue that they were having. And he taught Peter to stay, step out and walk on the issue, on the challenge, on the thing that was trying to kill them. See, he was trying to say, Peter, you are in partnership with me. You can do what I do. Get out of the boat. Take that first step. And as soon as he looked at the wave and the wind and everything around him, he realized, oh, it's all me. It's all me, Lord. Where are you? And he started sinking. And it's amazing how God is. He stretched out and he just pulled him up and said, don't worry. In the partnership, I'm always here to save you, to catch you. But there is a partnership that you need to realize it is a partnership to breakthrough. You see, it is our responsibility to act in authority. And as representatives with authority, the disciples could determine when and where the kingdom need to come, needed to come. <laughs> Did you realize that? I mean, this is actually scared. If you think about the scriptures, about the authority that Jesus has left and given the disciples after he went through the cross and the grave, he given them the authority. And as soon as they clicked it, I believe Peter clicked it. Listen to this. I love this scripture in, uh, in Acts 5, verse 15 to 16. Listen to Peter, what he did, him and John. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets. Everybody started to get healed through their prayer. And into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them. If... Um, of, of, on them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them got healed. All of them. His shadow just crossed over them and they got healed. You see, it sounds like Peter knew the power that flows from partnership. He realized that nothing is impossible in such a partnership with the Father. 
So when you're going through a challenge, when you're going through a tough thing, when you're going through some health issues, whatever you're going through, you need to realize that you're not going through it alone. Yes, there's people around you, but God is in partnership with us. And in that partnership, there is power. If I were in partnership with someone and they're struggling to make ends meet, that means that our business needs to then, the, the, the dividing is not equal. You see, we need to sort each other out, uh, care for each other in a partnership. If you're struggling, I'm struggling. That means that the business needs to do better so that we can flourish. But now our partner, God in heaven, has everything that we need. So change your perspective on partnership. It changed our perspective of why Peter, hey man, he caught this thing. It's like I just can just walk. I can't pray for everyone, but as he walked by, he just said, oh, I didn't even pray for you. My shadow just went over you and you got healed. Thank you, Father, for being in partnership with me. Holy Spirit is just healing people while I'm on my way to the market. You see, we need to live a, a natural, supernatural life. A natural, supernatural life. I mean, uh, there's so many testimonies that I can, can share with you, but, but there's so many times when, when we are in a natural position, going to the shops, Praying for this, just seeing somebody is limping and standing in front of a guy or behind a guy in the, in the, in the, in the row at the ATM. All you can do is say, hey, are you struggling with your foot? Yes, let me pray for you. Great, fantastic. If it gets healed, fantastic. If it doesn't, you'll continue praying till you see a miracle. But we continue partnering with God in that moment. I love what Uncle Vivian is doing. He's going out and he's praying for people that pick and pay every week. That's his calling. He's partnering with God. Amen? And he's been seeing miracles. How old are you, Uncle Viv? How old are you? 85. 85. If an 85-year-old man can go out and pray for people because he knows that there is a partnership that he has with God on a daily basis seeing miracles, how, not, how, how much more us? How much more us? It's like the man who kept asking God for a job. I think I used this illustration before. He kept asking God for a job, and every day he complained that God was not keeping his promise, he's not providing in his every need, and later on, after God listened to all his criticism and his lack of concern for the man, God said, well, hey, if you would uh, like to provide me, I, I would like to provide you with a job, but I would sure, it would sure help if you would go for the interview. So how many times we enter into a mindset, so many times we enter into a mindset that, that it is God's full responsibility to bring breakthrough into my circumstances. Have you ever been there? See, to unlock heaven and to release the kingdom in our lives all, all depends on the fact if we go for the interview or not. Father, please provide for me. And God just okay, but I, I need you to just take that step. Lord, I'm trusting you to pray for the sick and they get healed. Okay, now, but then you actually need to then pray for people that's sick. <laughs> that's, that happened to me. I, was, I had this bee in my bonnet that I wanted to see miracles in my life. And God says, well, then you actually have to pray for people. So, okay, Lord, but then just show me people. It's like you're not looking. Because <laughs> you're starting to look for people around you that's sick, injured, crippled, um, I mean, whatever, 
you start seeing miracles. And it doesn't have to go into the street corner and look and shout. And It can be around you. It can be around you. It can be your friends, your family. It can be your children. It can be your neighbor. Until your faith grows to a point where you can stop people in the street and say, listen, I just saw, saw you walk by. It happened to me once. I was... I had as a campus pastor, Sumeri will know exactly, we were walking in our campus, and I had a campus team that worked for me in Potchestrom, um, about 10 of, of campus missionaries, young guys who came through studies, then do a year of their life, and then they go into either full-time ministry or go on in life. And, and there was one guy, he had a bad week. He just had a bad week. <laughs> if, 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 if any one of you had a bad week before? And his attitude really were bad. Bad, I mean, super bad. And I called him and said, listen, come walk with me. I need to chat with you. And I had a, a daddy moment with him. You know, it's like <laughs> I had one of those moments that, listen, you can't do this. You can't. I, there's so much more. I started encouraging him, but also like giving a few slaps over the, over the wrist. It's like there's more in you than having a bad attitude like this. And, this is an, and then as we stood, there's a girl walked by that limped literally with crutches. And I was like this, and I said, okay, just hold on. Sorry, can we pray for you? <laughs> and, and he was like, listen, I'm, I'm still taking a, like a beating here. I said, don't worry, we'll just pray for this lady. And she sat down, we prayed for her. She took her crutches over her arms like this, and she walked on. I said, okay, where were we? You can't do this, and you do this. And <laughs> See, there's a, nat there's a natural, supernatural flow out of our lives. Why? Because we have a partnership with God. No matter where you go, we don't have to now worship for an hour, then pray a bit. Okay, now we're ready. We're ready? Where's the sick people? Let's pray for them. No. There's partnership. There's a natural, supernatural flow out of your life. That's it. Let's stop here. Let's pray quickly. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for a miracle. So unlocking heaven and releasing the kingdom in our lives all depends on the fact that if we go for the interview or not, we must be willing to partner with God for the breakthrough. Are you willing to partner with Him? Or are you scared and stepping back and saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit afraid. I don't know how. Fear is, is beating me up. Now see, every time I witness a miracle in and through our lives, it took me to that place of I just had to take that step to start seeing the breakthrough. I had to take that step of faith into the partnership before I start seeing the breakthrough in my life. See, every time I took that step of faith and authority as a son of God and played my part in the partnership, God came through miraculously. Some, and there was moments that I felt utterly stupid, I, I must be honest with you, where I prayed for people, and I, I've shared in the previous service, in the sermons, I, I prayed for people and nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Not even the day after, or the day after, or the day, nothing. But I trusted God and said, I'm in partnership with Him. I'm a son of God. And I, if I see nothing, I will continue praying. And I will continue praying and trust God to release heaven, to release the kingdom until I see something. And although I feel stupid or I feel incapable, I will continue praying. Why? Because God has commissioned every believer on this earth. Do you remember what Joshua did? Joshua. Now I wonder if... Oh, there we go. Sure. Let me go back to where I was. Joshua 10, verse 12 to 11. Remember this? 
I think, I think we actually did a sermon on this. It says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord on the day when the Lord handed over the Amorites to the sons of Israel. And Joshua said, In the sight of all Israel, Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation of Israel took vengeance upon their enemies. Remember this? Here we see Joshua stepping into partnership with God. This was probably one of the most amazing miracles the world has ever seen. The sun stopped, the heaven, the universe stopped for one day, one full day. I mean, a good day is on holiday when it's the best weather and you're on the beach. I thought, man, I want to pray a prayer like Joshua. Sun, stand still. I want to be on the beach for another day. But here he comes. God didn't speak to him. He didn't say, he didn't told him to say, listen, you need to pray or shout. Or, he didn't do it. He just said, man, I'm in partnership and covenant with God. So son, stand still until this victory is won. And as sons of God, it is our responsibility as members of the royal priesthood. Remember, 1 Peter, that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are members of the royal priesthood. We need to say, let your kingdom come. Just like Joshua. Joshua didn't think about uh, the impossibility of that moment. He just said, I'm going to declare that heaven will come to earth. That kingdom will be released in this moment. And the sun and the moon stood still. He declared it. He didn't ask or prayed, may you, Lord, please, today. Lord, look, my men are being killed. We need more time. Lord, please. No, he just said, sun, stand still. Moon, don't move. See, there was a declaration in his voice and in his prayer. And he prayed so that all Israel would hear it and have faith. See, it's important to remember that our words as sons of God carry life and power. Your words, my words. It carries power. Proverbs 18.21, it says, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Use it with caution. That's why the tongue is sharper than a sword. It pierces through the heart and the soul. It hurts the most. If you've love, your love language's words is even worse. Because you believe that when you tell me, I mean, I'm, my love language is words. Rather come and hit me with the fist than tell me something bad. Because that's how hard it is for me to, to, be, to be offended. That doesn't mean you don't, you're not allowed to offend me. I'm just saying, words penetrate deeper sometimes than anything else. And there is life and death in the power of our tongue. See, the reason that Jesus warned us, uh, us in Matthew 12, he says that, that you need to be careful of what words you speak because you're going to be judged according to your words. Remember that? Why did he say it? Because our words makes a different in, difference in people's lives. Our words brings life into every situation. So he says, be careful how you speak, because your words will be judged. Matthew 12. Now see, our words can either curse or release the kingdom to bring blessing. How, what would you rather do? Curse or bless? What would you rather receive? Curse or bless? You see, it's as it's easy as that. In partnership with a good God who brings life, that partnership releases what? Good things. Blessings, not cursing. Healing, not sickness. Financial breakthrough, not poverty. 
We release those things. See, our words create an avenue through which heaven's resources are being released. Did you hear that? Our words, your words, releases heaven's resources over your life. So I grew up, when me and Salome both grew up in families that wasn't very wealthy. So we barely made it. So we grew up in the same environment and we know how it is. And so you grew up, we grew up, both of us, we got married and realized that, well, we've got a, actually quite a default of how we speak. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never have that. So I'll just be thankful for what I have. And I'll never have that. Or uh, It's not possible for me. We don't have money. Or we will say, oh, we can't go along. We don't have money. Or, I mean, and we realized that by default, we were speaking lack over our lives. Until we realize that we are the sons of God, we are in partnership with God, everything that He has is ours because we are His children. So we intentionally started speaking and saying, Lord, I know there's nothing in my account now, but I have all the heavenly resources in my account. So we just release all heavenly resources to come into our account. I remember, I don't know if I've told you this testimony, but we would just got married, me and Salome. She, would, she wouldn't mind me sharing this. And we got home after our honeymoon. We, we actually had to come back a day earlier because we didn't have enough money <laughs> to stay the last day. You know? so it's like we just have enough money to fill up the car and come from the Dragonsburg back home, you know, literally. So we drove past Kronstadt to Salome's parents and we at least had supper and breakfast and we can go home. And knowing that when we go home, it's, uh, it's like the 17th of December. We have no money, nothing. And we got home, and my mom said, listen, when you get home, just let me know. She waited at our, at our new flat, and she had like, man, I can't remember. That was like 10 bags of groceries, just filled up our cupboards. And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. You just, just like, that was. And then the first two months of our rent, we couldn't pay. Literally, we couldn't pay. By the third month, I thought, well, our owners haven't realized that we haven't paid rent because we had a lot of units, and I think a big account. And he didn't realize, I wonder when he will realize I can't pay the rent, literally can't, nothing. And, um, and on the, <clears throat> that Monday morning, he called me. He said, listen, Henny, have you been paying rent? <laughs> and I was like, okay, what should I say, Lord? Should I lie? I don't know because I'm, now I'm in a corner here. And I said, listen, no, we haven't paid rent, um, but we'll sort it out. Don't worry. Before the end of the week, <clears throat> we'll sort it out. There was a couple of things that happened, and I just <clears throat> didn't lie, but I, I just said, listen, just give us a moment. And I put that phone down, and I thought, oh, Jesus, what am I going to do? And I started speaking. I said, Salome, I don't know what we're going to do, but we maybe have to find another place. And she said, no, no, we, I love this flat. We're going to stay here. Let's just speak life over this place. And we started speaking life. Lord, we thank you. This is our place. You've given this place to us. We're going to speak life. We're going to call this money in. And I, as she did that, I thought, oh, I'm struggling to, to believe that. I'm doubting. Lord, please help my unbelief. Um, and I remember, and I said that Tuesday night, remember this testament I said, I said to her, listen, let's just go to the movies. And he thought to me, are you crazy? I mean, we don't even have money for food. You want to go to the movies? I said, I don't care. I'm going to take the credit card. But we need to go and have some fun just because there's so much stress and so much things. I just need peace and quiet. I just want to go to see a movie. I said, okay, it's your credit card. So we went to the movies. <laughs> Swipe my credit card. We had some popcorn. We had an awesome night. And we drove back. And I said to Sammy, oh, I feel so... I know it was a bit of an escape, and we're going back to reality now, but I just feel that, whew, 
Yes, I mean, it's good. I just feel the peace of God over me. We walk, drove into our house, into a closed complex of like five, five um, uh, houses. And we were using the church's little car. And it was next to our driveway. And I parked. And I, as I wanted to drive in, I said, I saw, a big, uh, saw an envelope in the, in the window of the other car. And I thought, that's, that's maybe an eviction notice or something. Let me just stop there. I said, Listen, uh, said just let me just go out, go and put the kettle on, go and make some tea. I'll park the car. And um, she said, okay. And she went out. And I parked. And I thought, ah, Lord, now this is it. So I took got out of the car, took the envelope, and as I was walking to the door, I thought, but this is a thick envelope for one letter. And I opened it, and it's like 100 rand notes. And as we counted it out, it was 15,000 rand of 100 rand notes. Now, in that time, I mean, that was almost 15 years ago, that was like three times, four times our rent, just right there. And all the only thing that was on the envelope was my name. And I thought, Salome was in shock. I was in shock. I thought, Lord, how did this happen? And, um, and so Lord said, yes, we spoke life. See, we spoke life. I said, yes, I did doubt. And, speak <laughs> and, um, and we could sow a big part of that money and we could pay our rent for, th- for three months. And I just realized that in a place of peace, God comes. And that partnership becomes a reality. And there's a provision in our lives. You see, if we trust in God for breakthrough in our lives, we need to let go of just holding on to the hose and play our part in the partnership. We need to play our part in that declaration. You see, that's how God planned it. He planned it like that. And that's how Jesus came to release it. He needed people in our life. See, if Jesus didn't need anyone, He could have done it alone. He could have, without disciples, without people, just came and released the kingdom and done with it. No, no, but he wanted to do it together with us. He wants to do it together with us. See, if we need breakthrough for our lives right now or maybe in the future, we need to take the word and make declarations of our lives. We need to start speaking life over every situation in our lives that we trust in God. We need to speak life over our family, over our work, over our finances, over our contracts, over our challenges, over everything that's bothering you. But if you take that word of life over you and you start declaring it, what you're doing is you, you, you confirming the partnership between us and God. It's like Sumri. Trusting God to go to America and we're going to pray for you next week. I'm going to release her and we're going to commission her. Um, and she's going for a year to Bethel in America, Reading in California for three years. For a year, first a year, but it's gonna it's gonna be more than more than a year. But how she trusted God for 180,000 rand, and in one moment God can and just like phew, done, done. And it's not the it's not the end. It's just gonna be more and more and more. And that's how we partner with God, just putting our faith out, getting out of that boat, and said, Lord, we trust you. Lord, we trust you. So can I pray with you this morning, as we're gonna finish? And um, won't you stand with me? Father, I thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you that, that you will change our mindset today. That we are not just connected with, with, with 
a supernatural being that doesn't want to do anything with us. Lord, we are connected with a God who is intimately connected with us. We are connected in relationship with a Father who loves us more than anything else. And not just connected from there to here. We are in partnership to see heaven come to earth. We are in partnership to release the kingdom and see greater things in our lives. And Father, I pray for everyone here this morning that are trusting you for breakthrough. I want to I challenge you this morning. If you are trusting God for breakthrough, why don't you just put one hand in the air or two hands as a place of surrender. Just say, Father, I trust you for breakthrough. Yeah, I'm trusting you for breakthrough. You're right here. My... Everyone's eyes are closed. And just before you and God, and said, Lord, I'm standing here before you today. And I'm trusting you, Lord, for a divine breakthrough. My finances, my family, my health, my Whatever, Lord, you know my heart. And Lord, as we change our, our, our mindset on partnership with God, Lord, may there be breakthrough in our lives. May there be breakthrough in things that we've never thought that will break through as quick. And Lord, I pray that you you help us with boldness to step out and start declaring and start praying and start trusting you for miracle upon miracle. Father, when you commissioned the 12 disciples and later the 72 disciples, it was a commission not only for them, but for every believer that includes us to see greater works, to see greater things in our lives, to declare your kingdom come of our lives, of our families, of our children, of our finances, of our businesses, of our friends that doesn't know you, of our car that's struggling to run, of our food closets that's always empty. Father, will you declare that your kingdom will come in that moment, in that situation? If you are here this morning, you've got friends that doesn't know God, why don't you just also put your hand up quickly? Just in faith and said, Lord, I trust for those people, those, those friends of mine. Lord, we pray for every friend, every family member that doesn't know you. And we declare that your kingdom come in their life now, in Jesus' name. For those of them that, that still knows the truth, but they don't want to, they're too prideful to say yes. Lord, I pray for a softening of their heart in Jesus' name. Thank you that we're not just praying this, Lord. We're declaring this now in Jesus' name. That you will bring them to your throne. Bring them on their knees to your throne, Lord. With the moment that they will see you. May they experience you. May you show up in their lives, Father. Father, for those of them, for, for us who are here this morning, who's trusting you for a job. Thank you, Father. That you're already busy providing. And that we will go to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> because we know that you are providing thank you for breakthrough today in Jesus name in every sphere of our lives Lord we also every person who's not here at church this morning who's, who's listening to this sermon later on I thank you Lord for breakthrough in their lives 
for healing to come to our bodies. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.